0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast, hosted by Liz Basil-Lewison at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I am your host, Liz Basil-Lewison, at Liz Without a Pillow. Today, I want to tell you about my waves of (laughs) hysteria. I like to call them breakthroughs. Um, Since this quarantine began, we are today, it's April 17th, day 35 of my individual personal quarantine. And I've gone from, I think probably the second week that weekend, I had like a total meltdown and I feel like I've shared this stuff with you guys like on Instagram, but I go back and I really haven't, but I have been having these like massive, massive breakdowns and breakthroughs where I'm like stressed for like a whole week and it's like coming out in horrible ways and and weird and like either self-deprecating or self-sabotaging ways, classic but basically you know I had that first breakdown the second weekend where I was like everyone is going to die like 75% of the people we know are gonna die and like currency is gonna change we're gonna be like using like trade (laughs) and like just accepting that like this would be like the way now People would like interact and like everyone would have masks on like all the time, just like going forward. No one like touches each other. People keep like a far distance. Um, And then, you know, a few days later I had this, um, this breakthrough where I accepted that. I accepted, uh, you know, the death rate would be like a few million people or, you know, or way more. I guess it would have to be way more if it was only a quarter of us were left. There's, I don't know. The point is I accepted that the majority of the people that we know in our life normally as as normal was, you know, (laughs) pre-corona, that three-quarters of the people that we knew would be dead, which is so many people. And so anyway, the point is that a few days later I accepted this as the truth. This would be the new normal. And then I, you know, very slowly started to a little, little by little experience death Um, at a distance, fortunately, um, until uh, actually until yesterday, no one I knew personally had died. Uh, Yesterday, one person I knew personally died, but it was like my uncle's friend who I'd only met like a handful of times. Um, Most recently, though, only a year ago. So becoming a little bit more real. Um, And so now currently the way that I'm in is that like, this is actually... Like the most beautiful gift that we could be given to like see what in our life is just a luxury and see, you know, what we should be feeling so grateful for when we have in a, you know, in our high priced society where we often become accustomed to and even, um, you know, expect, and are entitled to things that are like totally luxuries, uh, and so to just kind of be able to like step back and reevaluate and reexamine what is actually important, like what is what means something to us, and how that is meaningful, how we should have gratitude for it, but also, on the more practical terms is if all these businesses are going to go out of business, I mean, yes, the government could repeatedly try and bail them out to keep them functioning and afloat. But what if so many businesses were, you know, became non-essential or became less essential to be as large as they are and and for currency to change and for things to be more of like a trade or like, you know, if the worth of money actually changed if the value of our dollar of our currency actually changed and so i'm like having all these these thoughts you know this what a gift this is what is important and like we need to reevaluate these systems and like even on a way lesser scale is like me personally like january february march i wanted to like journal i wanted to give myself white space and creative space to do you know the things that like fill me up that like fill my cup so that I have more to give. And I like want to be more of service to others. I want to connect with people more like my brain is working better all when I am doing the things that like boost me, you know, fulfill my own creative needs and creative desires and whatever that is, you know, that looks completely different for everybody. If what you need to do to like feel good, to feel fulfilled is puzzle or bike ride or cook or whatever, how, whatever your creative outlet is or your like meditative outlet. Cause sometimes we get really crazy about the things that are like our creative projects. Um, so like this, for example, (laughs) um, you know, getting crazy about the podcast, like being perfect versus, which obviously it's not, versus like on my journal, which is just for me, um, usually not. Actually, I really do share with you guys like much of what goes into my journal, but it's, it is the shitty rough draft. And then I can come on here and, you know, clean it up a little bit, try and find some comedy in it uh, and find only what's relatable and not my like totally crazy stuff. Just kidding. We're all the same. Um, <laughs> I just voice it all. But so I'm having these thoughts as to how they apply in the, you know, larger scale of like the whole world. And then on the microcosm, which is like me and my life and how, you know, if, if I take this as a blessing, as a gift, this like time to myself to figure out like what could make me better. What if on the larger scale on the, you know, the broader planet, we took this time to like look more deeply within and like figure out which systems work and which systems don't and, 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 and implement the things that make you feel good that make, you know, that make things just run kind of naturally, like ecosystems, like run naturally, like nature runs naturally. It's, it's not this like keeping up the way that we've been doing in the human race. And Just because it has been going a certain way for a long time doesn't mean that we should continue doing it that way. And like very much even the opposite, like we should reevaluate with this time, with this gift of time to reevaluate and cut the fat, so to speak, you know, shed the extra skin, the extra hair, the extra, you know, the, the dead skin on the, on the ends. This is like the worst analogy ever, but you get it. So anyway, so then I stumble upon, so I'm reading before bed. And so, you know, my dreams are no longer scary. I was like watching TV every night before bed and I was having fucking nightmares. So, probably like two weeks ago, I was like, you know what, an hour before bed, I don't want to be watching TV anymore. I don't want to be looking at a screen anymore. So I put my phone in the living room and I don't look at it again. So I like send my last text messages. I look at my last whatever Instagram feed and I put the phone in the living room and I don't look at it again. And so before bed, you know, as Joey is, playing on his phone or playing uh animal crossing on a switch like i have an opportunity now to read and it helps me not unwind so i went from having fucking nightmares every night all the time to having like pretty normal dreams and like and just reading like you know 10 minutes 10 to 30 minutes every night before bed and i put it down before i'm so tired that i'm not like taking it anymore sometimes I'm so tired after like five minutes but it's just nice to have it to pick up every single night um and so my brain is working again and so then you know suddenly I I have questions again and I want to write again and I want to listen to podcasts again. And I want to learn again. So I'm listening to podcasts. And I finish up like the four or five that I had been listening to. And I was like looking for a new one. And I came across Russell Brand Under the Skin on Apple Podcasts. And I know he doesn't really publish there anymore. He's exclusively on Luminary. So I went over to Luminary. And I downloaded his um probably most recent episode i think it was episode 162 with chris eisenstein and he this guy wrote an essay called the coronation and i can't hear coronation without thinking of um frozen shout out to elsa and anna the coronation shout out to kristen bell and oh my god adina menzel sorry i almost forgot and also to John Travolta, real ones now. Okay, so so in the coronation, this guy talks about how basically nobody really knows how many people are sick or how many people are gonna die. We have really broad numbers to go by and it's just not as clear cut as we would like it to be. Like this will be done in August, like, isn't really being said. Like, it's very much all up in the air, and nobody knows. So, I'm listening to this episode of Under the Skin, and They're talking a little bit about this guy's essay, but also just like his thoughts overall on like where we are as a people. And it just fucking resonated with me so much. So I'm loving the episode. So I go and I actually read the essay, which I never fucking do. And actually, if I'm being honest, I still haven't finished it, but I'm almost done. But he says... He says to this concept of we don't actually have any numbers. We don't really know what's going to happen. He says, in the face of the uncertainty, I'd like to make a prediction. The crisis will play out so that we will never, so that we never will know. If the final death tally, which will itself be the subject of dispute, is lower than feared, some will say that's because of the That's because the controls worked. Others will say it is because the disease wasn't as dangerous as we were told. So we'll still not know and we'll still not be able to really trust anybody. And the numbers are underrepresented. People are underrepresented. Like, what are we doing with the homeless people? Like, how are we counting that? Like, I have questions. So, okay. This was the part that really fucking got me. Whether the global death toll is 50,000 or 500,000 or 5 Let's look at some other numbers to get some perspective. My point is not that COVID isn't so bad, and we shouldn't do anything. Bear with me. Last year, according to the FAO, five million children worldwide died of hunger. That is 200 times more people than have died from COVID-19. Yet no government has declared a state of emergency or asked that we radically alter our way of life to save them. Nor do we see a comparable level of alarm and action around suicide the mere tip of an iceberg of despair and depression, which kills over a million people a year globally and 50,000 in the USA, or drug overdoses, which kill 70,000 in the USA, the autoimmunity epidemic, which affects 23.5 million to 50 million. Why, for that matter, are we not in a frenzy about averting nuclear Armageddon or ecological collapse, but to the contrary, pursue choices that magnify those very dangers? So let it sink in for a minute. So we get to choose what we put our efforts towards. If, if the government and therefore us wanted to put its efforts towards suicide and depression and I guess therefore uh, mental health, mental illness, if we wanted to you know, which would then impact greatly our prison systems and our judicial system. But we don't want to put the effort towards it. Like The numbers for so many of our systematic problems are far worse than anything we've seen for the coronavirus. So he goes on to talk about how we want, we again, as in our governments and leaders, want to control this because they see it as a thing that isn't so conceptual. They can, you know, A to B, come up with a vaccine, quarantine the virus, quick crush the pandemic. Anybody who's played the board game pandemic can see it visually in front of you. But, you know, dealing with the mental health and obesity that we have in our country and worldwide, just, you know, unhappiness worldwide, that's why I'm in this business, trying to get us happier, is not so clear cut. There's not such an easy, simple A to B way to do it. So it's more daunting to them. So they see it as a way to be in control. So he says, it is the crisis for which control works. Quarantines, lockdowns, isolation, hand washing, control of movement, control of information, control of our bodies. That makes COVID a convenient receptacle for our inchoate fears, A place to channel incuit, by the way, means like rudimentary, like early. That makes COVID a convenient receptacle for our incuit fears, a place to channel our growing sense of helplessness in the face of changes overtaking the world. COVID-19 is a threat that we know how to meet. Unlike so many of our other fears, COVID-19 offers a plan. So again, like it makes sense that everybody wants to be the hero. We want to come out with all of our jobs. We want to come out with life as we know it the way it once was. But at the end of the day, is that really what's best for humanity, for the planet? Like we have a chance to reevaluate this. So this is a gift. This is a gift. And it's It's crazy how many times I've stumbled into that answer throughout the many waves, the many stages of this quarantine, but we will all come out changed in some way. So you choose. Okay, so the final thing that I want to just touch on that he talks about in the essay that, again, can't recommend enough that you go read yourself It's called The Coronation by Charles Eisenstein. So he talks about, like, basically, like, when is the risk worth it? So if all the numbers are fudged and we can't believe any of it anyway, like, when is it worth it to, like, hug your friends again and, like, see family and, you know, be able to interact with people? Like, are we never going to handshake again? Like, that's fucking crazy. And if it's, like... I would do some crazy shit for a whole bunch of reasons, but if it's for a stupid reason, that isn't going to even, I mean, unpopular opinion. I don't know. Go read the essay uh, and tell your friends about it. This is this essay is like really something, so go read it for real. Figure out if your mind could be put to use in this revolution, because that's what this is, a revolution of the minds. Let's work to put some better systems in place where we have flexibility to work from home where people treat each other like humans instead of like work machines just you know part of this corporate capitalistic whatever society you're in like where we don't care about people's like humanity and happiness ultimately um And we are able to be like victims, victims to the enemy. The enemy is the virus and we together are are the state being governed, being told what to do. Is that a life we want to live? Like when is the sacrifice, never got to this point either, when is the sacrifice worth it that we just don't see anyone we love ever again, you know? Because of the thing that they chose to be an an enemy because of what they are telling us to do. So, okay. All right. That's it. Read the essay, The Coronation. I will link it in the show notes. Also, how great was episode 46 with Natalie Zeises. I loved re-listening to that conversation and putting that episode out for you guys because those were like crucial conversations that needed to be had. And like, it's a conversation that you need to be having with yourself. Um, So go check it out. Uh, I always recommend you guys listen on one and a half speed, but like dip your toes in everything. And then if you really love it, like slow it down and really listen, but it, it lets you listen to a wider variety of podcasts instead of staying sucked in your normal routine of the same four to seven podcasts like we all do. Some people have more. Some people have less. I got it. Um, But I love you guys so much. If you listened to this episode, please tell your friends about it. Share it in your Instagram story. Share it on social media. I love you guys so much. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much for being in this quarantine with me. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz without a pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.